0: You are listening to the third season of the Co-Production Podcast, brought to you by Cine Europa and Eurimage. I am Domenico, and in today's episode, we are discussing the co-production of Infinity Pool, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. And to speak about this collaboration between Canada, Hungary, and Croatia, we have the three co-producers with us today. Welcome. So can I ask you, Karen, to introduce yourself and your production company, please?
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, My name is Karen Harnish. I am a Canadian producer based roughly in Toronto, just on the outside of Toronto, Canada. Um, My production company is called Filmforge, which is a collaboration with writer, director, producer Andrew Cividino. Um, The company has been around since 2007, so just over 15 years. And uh, Infinity Pool, you know, though we have done international co-productions and other manifestations, Infinity Pool is really the largest and certainly most complex co-production that we have done to date as a company. Um, the collaboration between Andrew and I really started with his feature film, Sleeping Giant, uh, which played at Critics Week in Cannes. And that momentum gave us kind of some wind in our sails to be able to pull together uh, a few you know, subsequent projects, one of which is Infinity Pool. Um, we had the good fortune of working uh, on a short film with Brandon Cronenberg, somebody who we actually uh, know from a long time ago. We all went to the same film school in Toronto at Toronto Metropolitan University, formerly Ryerson University. Um, Andrew and Brandon are certainly creative sort of colleagues of each other. They often share each other's work and Brandon brought us a spec script for Infinity Pool several years ago, which certainly from the first draft that we read, we knew we had to be part of it. It was just the most insightful, um, sharp social satire. Um, and I'll describe what the film is, is is broadly about. I know, you know, it's in release now, so folks can go and check it out for themselves as well. So I won't say too much, but um, the film is about a couple a Western couple um, who go on a sort of you know luxury, all-inclusive vacation to a, a fictional country called Lee Tolka. Um the lead character is played by Alexander Skarsgard, James. Um his wife, played by Cleopatra Coleman, uh M, go on this vacation together at a stage in their relationship that's a little bit stale. Um he's a, a writer, but but a bit of a tortured writer, and he's sort of seeking, you know, inspiration and kind of getting his writer's block uh sort of shuffled along and 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 um you know by going to this resort they kind of hope to reinvigorate their relationship but when they get there they meet another couple um so james and m arrive at this uh resort and when they get there they meet um Alban and who's played by Jaleel Lesper, the French actor Jaleel Lesper and uh Gabby played by Mia Goth and um the, the two of them are kind of veterans of this resort and bring them on a, a day trip to a, to a cove. And in doing so, sort of welcome them into this sort of debaucherous, um, you know, lifestyle that they have come to live when they go to these resorts. Um, and what happens after that is a bit of a spiral, you know, where James becomes entranced by this um by this woman Gabby as well as the sort of debaucherous um you know activities that they like to get up to uh while they're on these vacations and in doing so you know the the bounds of his relationship are tested and frankly you know the the sort of limits of his um you know his psyche are tested and uh the film becomes surreal it's also very provocative um you know I won't say much more about about what happens but It's, uh, you know, it's sort of a genre film that blends, you know, a lot of sort of social commentary into it.
0: Thank you, Karen. Also with us today, we have Daniel. Daniel, your production company is in Hungary. Can you tell us more about yourself and the company?
2: Yes, of course. Uh, We are Hero Squared. We're based in Budapest. Uh, My partner, Jonathan Halpern, and I set up the company five years ago. And uh, this was... Uh, the really the the first co-production we got involved in as a company we had done a canadian hungarian co-production before working together at our previous job and uh, when we first met karen i don't even remember through who because these things always get so convoluted over time but uh you know it was was, they were also a young company very eager and we quite quickly got out on a scout on a scout um at that time I was really just looking at about looking for locations and the Hungarian locations were very exciting for a lot of the things Brandon Cronenberg wanted, but there was a big gap that we had to fill, which was, you know, the seaside resort. And, and that's when we brought in Four film and Anita Yuka and the Croatian part. And the first, uh, first recce we did, which was, I believe in 2000, 19 or 2020 february this was all pre-covid i think i think all three of us just really really took to each other and you know not even knowing where this project was going we all we all felt that this this would be a team that we we could execute this with so that's that's basically the short story of how this all started to come together and then and then a much longer story emerged from that with COVID hitting and other production delays and then you know just putting together this very complicated co-production structure which i'm sure we'll get into later
0: anita you are um, representing croatia with your production company for film can you tell us a bit more about you and the films you have produced so far
3: for film is founded in 2003 and basically we are veterans in european co-productions so we co-produced with almost all european countries uh from germany france turkey um, just last year, we co-produced two films, Burning Days by Emin Alpea, which was premiered at Cannes Film Festival with Turkey, Germany, uh, Netherlands, uh, Dutch, uh, Greece, and many other countries. Then we co-produced Butterfly Vision, which was also premiered in at Cannes Film Festival in official competition last year. And um, for a long time, I wanted to co-produce with Canada. And I was in the program Producers Lab Toronto, where I met a lot of Canadian producers. And then after it, I was in TAP program, Transatlantic Partners, where I met Danny. And it was funny that Hungarian and Croatians are meeting in Canada uh, at the bar at Lord Nelson Hotel. (laughs) So uh, Because we are neighbors in Europe, but we never met before in Europe. And we started to speak about the business, how we should co-produce more. And then, then he introduced me with his business partner, uh, partner Jonathan Halperin. And we started to discuss about the infinity pool, only thing which I knew that they are asking a country which can play some exotic country. And as you know, Croatia is having beautiful coast. So we immediately organized the scout. And when I read the script, I felt in love with the script. I liked the project a lot. And then we started to brainstorm how we can be real co-producers and not just production service company. Our company got four times support from Yuri Maj for previous project. And this is, this was our fourth uh, support from Yuri Panj, which was really helpful in closing the financing.
0: So Canada is also eligible uh, to a We had several Canadian uh, co-producers in the podcast uh, so far, but never in this configuration. So we never had Hungary, Croatia, and uh, Canada together. It's actually pretty exotic.
2: It's ever done it. that's that's our experience. and uh, it became it became very difficult to do to be quite honest, because there is no Canadian Croatian Hungarian co-production treaty that works for all three countries, so it became, it became a very difficult legal task to find the treaties that we could, that we could piece together to make this work in a legal construct, which was, which satisfied the Eurimage criteria and satisfy telefilm, and also satisfy the Croatian Film Fund. So it, it became very difficult. And uh, <laughs> to be quite honest, there were, there were some long nights on the phone across continents trying to figure it out. But uh, uh, luckily, you know, we, we, always, we always found the, the, the best and most efficient ways to, to get through the hurdles together. And Karen, what is the budget of the film?
1: The budget of the film ended up being 8.25 million uh, euro. So approximately 9.7 US or 12 million Canadian. We actually locked our financing a little bit under that. And, you know, through the process of making the film, especially during COVID and with all of the currencies in play that we had in play at the time that we made it, it was extremely challenging to keep it on budget. So we ended up having to raise a little bit of money after our first closing. and um, We can get into that more later. but. At the end of the day, yes, it ended up being just shy of 9 million euro that we produced the film for.
0: You have uh, uh, Nordic actors. I mean, how did it work uh, to to assemble all that? Uh, was, for example, France in the equation at some point in the co-production or was it always like the three of you?
1: Yeah, actually, that's a great question. So originally, we did have an intention of co-producing with France, um, <clears throat> the handy thing about co-producing as a Canadian the handy thing about co-producing with Europe is that by exercising a Canada European treaty, as long as that, you know, European country is within the EU, it opens you up to casting any EU citizen. So that person, you know, obviously could be from the country that you're co-producing with, but it could also be from another EU member country. Um, and in our case, uh, You know, we were navigating this uh, casting process at approximately the same time that Brexit was taking place. And there was a lot of questioning around whether, um, you know, Brexit would mean that uh, UK citizens would no longer be considered, you know, EU uh, citizens, which would affect the sort of casting strategy for the film. Certainly there were several... EU, uh, rather, there were several UK performers that we were interested in, um, especially for the lead role of, of James. Um, but ultimately, we ended up sending the script to Alexander Skarsgård, um, and he took to it. You know, he saw himself in it. He thought it would be a very, um, you know, meaty opportunity as a performer. The role is very very daunting and extreme. So for those that have seen the film or that are about to see the film, you know, you'll, you'll get what I mean. He's, he really kind of gets put through his paces as an actor, which is always something that I think they enjoy. Um, And I think he was also sort of intrigued by the idea of shooting in Croatia and Hungary, obviously not so far from Sweden where he keeps a home um, and most of his family lives there. So it ended up being a really good fit for him. Um, ultimately, with regard to France, you know, it was clear that, you know, knowing that we needed a location on, on the coast, but also something that didn't call out uh, something that, you know, an audience would be familiar with. For example, the south of France has a very characteristic look that many people are familiar with. Um, we found that going a little bit further east along the Mediterranean gave us an opportunity to play with locations that wouldn't be quite as recognizable. Um, and of course, Croatia has the most incredible coastline. It's a very beautiful country. So, um, it was an idea that, that Danny and Jonathan had brought to us and, and pitched and, you know, they had introduced us to Anita. And so it was just very clear once we had kind of started to talk through what the production model would look like with the respective co-producers, it wouldn't make sense to co-produce with France. Instead, we decided to do things a little bit unconventionally.
0: You mentioned the location in Croatia. I I happen to know Croatia very well, but you you shot this film in in Sibinic. Um, It's not a location that is used a lot for shooting, right, Anita?
3: Yes. So basically, uh, most of productions are using Dubrovnik because it became the most popular city after Game of Thrones. And we have more beautiful places on the coast. And uh, we pitched the Sibenik. But during the scout, we have seen many, many places in Croatia. And Sibenik wasn't used so much. And it was a perfect kind of resort. What Brandon, uh, the director, Brandon Cronenberg, was looking for because he wanted that kind of resort uh, for the film. And um, we had there a huge resort, which was actually like a studio for us uh, where we could shoot and where we could also accommodate our crew. And it's also very convenient because it's a city. It's not a big city in Croatia. It's like 50,000 people are living in that city, but we could easily bring the extras for all scenes which we needed uh, for the shooting. So it was a very production-friendly location and it's not so far from Zagreb, our capital city, where the most of the crew is based.
0: And uh, Daniel, can you tell us about the Hungarian part?
2: And the crew is a, a combination of Canadian, Hungarian and Croatian quite organically. For example, our gaffer from Croatia was also overseeing the Hungarian portion of the shoot and a lot of Hungarians went down for the Croatian shoot. We're all living in the hotel in the hotel together at the resort, as Anita had mentioned, and of course, a lot of Canadians had come from not only Brandon and his core team, his DOP, uh, but also sound and producing team, and and lots of others. So uh, it was a it was put together from the three countries, I think you know, in a, in a very very organic way, and uh, it, was, uh, it was it did have its challenges at times, especially with three different filmmaking cultures three different, you know, the definitions of a shooting day, of turnaround, of meal penalties. So it almost becomes impossible to to have three sets of rules always work together, so there always have to be some compromises and there were some cultural issues, just you know, how people are used to things happening on set. But at the end of the day, you know, I think what was most important is that, you know, the three of us on this call always Always were cohesive and, and were able to work out any issues down below us together. And then, as a result, you know the production could always figure things out and keep moving forward. Because we
0: didn't have so many Hungarian producers on the um, on the podcast so far. Can you can you tell us, uh, Daniel, just a little bit about the, the incentives uh, in um, in Hungary for let's say for the ones that you activated with the shoot?
2: Hungary has a very good incentive. So the Hungarian incentive uh, is 30% on your local costs, and you can also qualify some foreign costs into it. And uh, there's also some above-the-line rebate. And uh, it's it's become so good that you can cash flow it with banks, not just in Hungary, but Canadian banks, French banks, American, UK will all lend against it. Uh, as a result, Hungary has become a very robust filmmaking hub in Europe. Um, from, you know, small, cute co-productions like ours to big, super blockbuster films like Dune and Blade Runner and the new Alien movie, which are all made in Budapest. And uh, within this landscape, there, there's also a National Film Institute, Hungary, which supports co-productions and supports primarily Hungarian-language films. In the past, we have gotten funding from them, but uh, on this production, unfortunately, we were not, we were not given funding. And uh, it's almost a miracle. We will stay, We were still able to, first of all, keep it a Hungarian co-production, uh, but also close finance as a result. And it was really Euromaj and Anita bringing the money from Croatia that was able to to fill that gap that we weren't able to bring from from the Hungarian side.
0: Uh, Karen, uh, how much money did you receive from Euromaj?
1: So the total we received from Euromaj was €324,000. Euro. Um and that was sort of the last in piece of financing, as is often the case. Um, the film, you know, roughly speaking, as I mentioned, is a, is about almost an equal split between a Canadian and European uh, production. So the Hungarian and Croatian portions amounted to just very slightly less than half of the total production, um, you know, picture, both in terms of our financing and our spend. And we... Um, we first, you know, knowing that this was going to be a Canadian production, we uh, tried to secure anchor financing in Canada. So uh, we partnered with Elevation Pictures, who actually ended up co-producing the film on the Canadian side with us. Uh, Christina Piovasan and Noah Siegel at Elevation were very supportive from an early stage, and they ended up um, uh, coming on board as distributors as well. So they committed a minimum guarantee uh, roughly – Five hundred. Well, it was 500,000 Canadians, so just shy of 400,000 um, USD. And uh, with that, we were able to take it to Telefilm Canada, and Telefilm provided a very meaningful uh, you know, commitment as, a, as an equity investment, um, which became our anchor financing. And that's really what kind of set the stage for the remainder of our soft money raising, which we did in Europe. Um, the other key component of our financing came from our market partner, um, neon, uh, so us distributor, independent distributor, obviously like known worldwide as sort of, uh, tastemakers, uh, with independent cinema. Um, they've, you know, have in recent years released some of my very most favorite films. So it was really an honor to be able to work with them on this. And they ended up coming on board at the script stage. So this was even before we had cast the film. They really loved the script, and they had released uh, Brandon's previous film, Possessor, um, just that year that we were kind of, you know, talking with them about Infinity Pool. So the, the momentum was there. Neon came on board. They partnered as well with, um, with a U.S. Uh, studio, Topic Studios, uh, who came on to kind of help fund the international side of, of their minimum guarantee. And together, they were able to put up roughly half of the budget. And so we were able to parse that market money between Hungary, uh, Croatia and Canada on each side of the financing just to help us balance things out. Um, And from there, we were able to kind of go and raise the the uh, soft money required out of Europe, which, as Danny said, you know, we tried for the um, for the competitive fund in Hungary, I think largely because of the content of the film, which is quite risque. They said no to us. Uh, which was disappointing, but Croatia became this critical component thanks to Anita. Um, the Croatian audiovisual center contributed a meaningful um, investment amount as well. and then uh, you know obviously the the rebates in each country, Hungary and Croatia and and finally Euromaj came into play. so so yeah, it was quite a complex structure, but With a combination of soft money, both competitive and automatic, tax credits, rebates, et cetera, in each territory, as well as uh, Neon and Topic support, we were able to close it up.
0: Thank you. And Anita, um, we mentioned the incentives in all countries. We mentioned the the Croatian as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the incentives now in Croatia, especially when you shoot on location?
3: Actually, we have two funds, which Karen mentioned. Uh, So we have selective fund, which is for minority co-productions. And through that fund, we managed to get 120,000 euros for Infinity Pool. And beside that, we also apply that creation cash rebate, which is automatic support. And it's based actually at expenditure and it's uh, 25%. Uh, creation cash rebate is very reliable. So we have very quick turnover. And usually after audit reports, we get in 60 days this cash rebate back. So it's also good for a cash flow. Uh, And we have just the minimum spend uh, for the feature films, which is around 270,000 euros. And um, actually there is a no maximum if we have interns in all departments So basically after the new year, now it will be new low in Croatia and we are increasing this cash rebate at 30%. Um, But as you mentioned, Croatia became very popular place for the shooting and usually uh, foreign productions are coming to shoot films on the coast. Uh, Unfortunately, we don't have modern stages. We have just one older stage, Yadran film. So basically, all these big productions like Dean, like Danny mentioned, are going still to Budapest, to Hungary, because they have much better stages there.
0: It's already time to conclude this conversation. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, feel free to subscribe on the Co-Production Podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, or whatever your favorite podcast platform may be. I want to thank Creative Europe for supporting Europa over the years. And of course, the RIMASH for backing up this program for the third season in a row. And of course, Karen, Daniel, and Anita, thank you very much for accepting to be the guests of the Co-Production Podcast today. I recommend everyone uh, who is listening to watch Infinity Pool, you will remember that film. And please, dear co-producers, keep collaborating and making film together for us to enjoy. Bye-bye.